Welcome to Into the Yes. I'm Marissa Fay, a functional nutritionist and holistic wellness practitioner. And I'm Jen Nickel, a movement witch and intuitive Reiki master. You are in the right place if you're ready to question society's wellness standards and prepared to be inspired to make changes that are right for you. Join us as we get into the yes. Let's go. Welcome to Into the Yes. I am Marissa Fay. I am a functional medicine nutritionist and holistic practitioner, and I am joined by my dear friend and lovely co-host, Jen Nickel. Jen, say hi. Hello, everyone. Jen, what are you today? Today, I am Jane Fonda. (laughs) Yes. Do you remember, I don't know if you know this song, the Mickey Avalon song, like do the Jane Fonda? Yes. Okay. We in college loved that song. And I remember the house I lived in with one of my to this day, best friends. And we would put that on and just like dance around the house ridiculously. I don't know. I don't know what that was about, but it really brought so much joy. A lot of joy. Yes. I mean, she's pretty incredible. Oh my gosh. Yes. She's incredibly um, incredible. Yes. If you like deep dive on her, if you're not of a generation where like you know, right. have as much awareness. She is, she's on fire. She was a lot more than just like five, six, seven, eight leg lift and leg yes. lift and reach and pull. She was a lot more than that, but she was like the first person to really bring fitness on a screen ever. Right. Yeah. You know, it wasn't on screens and it wasn't even fitness in that way. Wasn't for women. It wasn't really happening in that way. Mm-hmm. Jane Fonda. So it's pretty cool. So I'm Jane Fonda today. Oh, love I'm it. All right. to women in a whole new way. All right. Love it, Jane. I'm going to start calling you Jane. Janie. Janie. Okay. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about cravings, um, why we have them, what they mean. Are we bad people when we give in to them? You know, all that, all that whole emotional trauma we have around, around eating. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But cravings are interesting, right? Cause like we hear that a lot, like, Oh, I'm craving, I'm craving this. I'm craving that. And it makes you wonder, like, is there a reason for the craving? You know, is it mental? Is it physical? You know, what is that? Where is it coming from? Why is it there? What's happening? I bet you have a lot that you can offer into this. I was just going to say the answer life experience with it. Yes. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. So first of all, we need to appreciate and be reminded that your body is not dumb. Your body's really, really smart and your body's ultimate end game goal is that you survive, right? Hmm. So when you are having a craving, it's actually an opportunity to like decode it. Um, and this is something that I'm doing in a new webinar that I have available to folks that's free. So the link will be down below in the show description for you, but you know, because this is complex, right. But cravings often tell us what our body is lacking or what our body needs. Right. So because again, of the body's intelligence. So it's your body's way of communicating to you. Hey, Hey, I need something else like symptoms, by the way, symptoms are your body saying, Hey, Hey, something's not right. They're not, you know, they're not the be all end all. They're not the end point. Right. But with cravings, for example, I'm curious, what's something that you have craved in recent memory? 
Uh, the one that stands out the most to me is, you know, when, when I was eating vegan, um, which I was just not getting enough nutrients mm -hmm. the way that I was eating it and all that, I would always crave chips. Yeah. I wanted the salty crap. Like I would crave chips. In fact, it was like my afternoon snack and I couldn't get away from it. Yeah. This I needed is them to survive. Absolutely. So what, like what your body needed was more minerals. So your body was saying, we need more minerals. So let's crave salty things. Your body also was probably saying we need more quick energy because we're not getting enough that can really push us through. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the salty and then the kind of chip carby factor. So kind of, if we tease this apart, just some common cravings that folks have, I want to kind of go down the typical list and just give people an idea of what it actually could mean. Right. Yeah. So first of all, if you are a salty craver, this is a dead giveaway, your body telling you, we need more minerals, right? We need, um, oftentimes we need to look at our stress, right? So that's another thing that can come in there because adrenal glands in particular that sit on top of our kidneys that produce hormones that we think of related to stress, but also if you are perimenopausal or postmenopausal, your adrenal glands pick up the production of a lot of the hormones we associate with more of our ovaries, fun fact. So that's typically a time we need even more minerals actually. So that can right, be- You know, sign. that would explain that time period really well. <laughs> yeah. 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 So keep going. Sorry. No, that's okay. So that can often be a sign that there's a stressor on your body, right? So pause, there's a stressor on your body, but also body needing more minerals. And so that's why you're being driven to the salt because salt is an incredible resource. Not only does it give us sodium, but if you're using a high quality salt, which I highly recommend. So we're not talking crap table salt, right? We're talking sea salt, Himalayan salt. We're talking Redmond's real salt. Like we are talking good quality salt. It actually has a, a bunch of trace minerals. So these are minerals that, you know, we often need in very, very small amounts typically, but most of us aren't getting it because it used to be that we could get it in our soil or we could get it from some of our food sources. And that is just not the case anymore. So we have to get it through a source like a really good quality salt. So that is a typical reason why we can be craving salty, right? Either big stressor on the body, body needing help with that, and or body needing minerals. By the way, those two things tend to travel together. So that's a typical, yes, exactly. So what's another typical craving that you feel like you hear about? Sweets, like baked yeah. good sweets, you know? Yeah, totally. Any kind of sweet. So if you are a sweet craver, friends, this is your blood sugar talking to you. This is your blood sugar saying, we are not balanced. We need energy ASAP. You are not giving us sustainable energy from food that we can burn in. I think of like a clean, consistent way. So it's often related to blood sugar imbalances. So either going too high or going too low, which I see the too low a lot, um, and the too high is what we often think of when we hear, oh, blood sugar imbalance is insulin resistant. You're, the picture of the person when you hear that, if you know what those things mean or have heard those terms kind of thrown around on social media, you think of somebody who's overweight, right? You think of somebody who's eating a lot of highly refined foods, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you hear like, I think the thing that we we hear a lot of is um, insulin resistance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or pre-diabetic. Yes, exactly. That's a term that I've been hearing a lot of. 
Yep. And so we see a particular body type with that, but the truth is all different kinds of body sizes can have issues with blood sugar and insulin. And in fact, it can be most profound in people who are smaller, actually. Um, well, they, I, okay. Speaking from my own experience, when I was uh, quite a few sizes smaller, I also, I didn't only crave chips. I also craved sweets, mm-hmm. like really wanted sweets, especially at the end of the day, you know, it was kind of like quick, get the things you didn't get. Yeah. This Right. And, um, and you know, now I crave all those things a lot less. So it, it, in my body, it was not based on size at all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we can be on the blood sugar roller coaster. That can be one reason for craving sweets. The other reason can be you're simply not eating enough. So you are not eating enough and your body is like, we don't have energy, right? So it can be that. It can be proportionally, you are not eating enough protein and or fat, right? So your body asking for more of those things that it deems more essential in that moment, right? Mm -hmm. So those can be reasons for craving sweet. Sweet can also be related to magnesium, actually, and a need for magnesium in the body. So these things kind of are all related, actually. All those things I just listed, by the way, often travel in one person. Um, But at least those are some things you might be thinking about if you're craving sweets, right? Mm -hmm. If you're craving specifically chocolate, we think about magnesium, right? We think about, um, I think about depletion is what I think about with chocolate too, because it's so rich and like warming in that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're somebody who's craving ice and cold, oftentimes something going on with your iron levels, which by the way, your iron levels, this is one of the most complicated things when it comes to blood work and nutrients and balance in your body. And I am continuing to learn more and more about iron And I will tell you, I'm years into this career, years, thousands of hours into learning about things related to bodies and functional medicine. And I feel like there's still more I need to know about iron. So iron is complicated, right? Which is interesting because it seems like the go-to, like for for females who are bleeding, it seems like the go-to thing, well, you're bleeding, you must be low on iron, take iron supplements, like a quick, easy fix, and then your energy will come back. Yep. And iron supplements actually backfire um, in the way they're typically taken often and they typically slow down vowels. So it's actually like literally taking iron too often or the wrong forms of it. Your body actually produces a hormone that blocks the absorption of iron. So it's like you have to do it really intelligently. And when iron levels are off, there's something else going on. So like everything, right? When you're having, these are all symptoms, really. These are all signs. When these signs emerge, it's not typically that you just need more of that thing, right? Like there's more to the story, kind of like even just talking about the craving of salty things. It's like, yes, your body is probably saying I need more sodium, but is it also saying I need more trace minerals? Is it also saying I'm really depleted and I need you to rest more? I need you to work on your stress more. Like all of these things could be possible, right? And more. Yeah. And I mean, I think that there's another piece to the craving that has to do with emotion and mental state. And, you know, if you are under stress, right, you're looking for soothing and comforting. And it's those snacky type like chips obviously like the body needs minerals and this is what it's looking for. It doesn't need chips. 
<laughs> like it's not actually thinking I mean, if your body had its own little thought process, it's not going, okay, we're low in these minerals, quick, get some chips on board. It's thinking right. like, I just need this. But then the brain kicks in of like, what, um, what do I like? What am I into? And chips are that quick fix, but it's that hand to mouth constant movement that is a soothing act. And the crunching and chewing in the nervous system is another soothing act. So it's interesting. There's twofold things going in here at with those cravings. Yeah. I love that perspective of the soothing aspect of, of where our hand is, what our mouth is doing. And I would even say too, you know, this is not saying don't honor the craving, right? But it is saying, what else can you give yourself in that same moment to actually give yourself what your body might really need? So a great example is that sometimes I crave crunchy. I love salty, right? I often crave salty. Um, I will have like some higher quality chips. I will also make my own, by the way, hot tip. You can make your own corn tortilla chips and they are even better than anything you buy in the store. Literally get some organic corn tortillas, chop up into whatever chip shape you like. You can either bake them in the oven or put them in an air fryer or a toaster oven. And they are magnificent hot chips. So good. Fresh, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and they're warm and you can season them however you like. So I might do something like have those chips, but before I eat the chips, I'm probably going to eat something with protein in it. I'm going to make sure there's maybe a vegetable or fruit on that plate. Right. And I'm going to make sure that potentially I follow up that meal with a really mineral rich beverage. Um, and this is where for me, you know, herbal teas really shine, um, adrenal cocktails really shine. Um, but things that can deliver those nutrients, um, in a hydrated way, I would just feel like bodies absorb that really well. So those are some things that I might be thinking of as I'm honoring, like, yes, I want the chips, right. But also what can I give my body that it's, that it's asking for? And also just reflecting, what could I do differently tomorrow? Right. I was going to say that, like, how can it inform what we do in the days that follow, Um, so there's two things that come up here when you're talking about that is one of the things is like, again, like all of the things that we experience with food and diet culture and all of that cravings have been demonized. Like it's bad to crave a thing. And then it's like, you have something wrong with you. If you succumb to that craving and give into it, like, um, that you're now, now alongside that craving, you eat the chips and you now have guilt and shame associated with it, which is again, just, just contributes to that stress cycle. Yep. Right. Yep. Which is where like cravings are not a moral judgment. No. And I think it was, I just think it's important how you spoke about giving yourself that what you are craving, but just giving it in a more informed way. Like now, you know, that chips alone. Okay. Um, maybe not going to support my body in what it needs. Now that we have this information that the craving is actually your body signaling it needs something. Okay. How can I better give it that, but also honor this craving because it's not bad to have it. Also, I just want to say actually chips will give your body what it's asking for. It just has a very short runway, right. Of, of efficacy. So like, yeah, chips will give your body, right. It's going to give your salt. salt. They have the carbs. Exactly. Right. You have it's the just, fat. You've got yeah. things in there. Yeah. 
it's just not going to give your body something that's going to last long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the thing. So that's where, again, cravings are actually really intelligent. Your body is really intelligent. Mm-hmm. You have to start thinking about what it actually means. Right. And one of the things too, if you're somebody who's like, I just have all the cravings all the time, right? Here is something I really want people to be thinking about when you are more stressed, you actually need more nutrients and you typically need more calories because your body is working harder and harder and it's not going to be nourished through less. Right. Which is interesting because, you know, that, that brings up that point where there's, there seems to be like two, two sides of this where some people stress eat, right? And they're, mm-hmm. when they're stressed, they eat. And then some people are like, when I'm stressed, I can't eat. If I'm super stressed, I end up losing weight. And I remember thinking in my days of like constantly seeking the scale to go down, being like, I wish that was me. I wish when I was stressed, I would, but mm-hmm. I want, my body wants to eat when it's stressed. Because it was basically always stressed, always trying to just find enough nourishment, right? Yeah, totally. Well, and the other piece of that too, I'm really glad you brought that up because, you know, stomach acid is required to break down food. And one of the things that most women have an issue with at some point in their life is stomach acid and having enough of it. And it's very resource intensive for your body to make. Your body has kind of a use it or lose most of it policy because why am I going to make this thing if you're not going to use it, right? So we'll typically see in times of stress, people who don't crave and don't eat much, we typically see that they enter a state of producing low stomach acid. We also see people who are very plant-based, for example, if you have looked at meat and been like, ugh, right? And I actually had this happen to me recently. I, I was sick and um, and had a fever and my body was like, ugh, no, could it possibly eat meat right now, right? Um, I was like applesauce and uh, I did get like a smoothie in kind of a thing. That's how I got protein, but I just really couldn't, like meat was like, yuck, Right. It's not because you shouldn't eat meat. It's not because you shouldn't be getting animal protein. It's because your body doesn't have what it takes to properly break that down. And it knows that that's problematic, right? Because if it can't properly break that down, things are going to hang around longer than they should. There can be um, ramifications for your gut health that are not just short term, right? So it's going to impact your digestive system. It's going to impact your bowel movements, right? And on top of it, you know, really we need to be more in our rest and digest part of our nervous system in order to truly break down and digest food. So it's actually a protective mechanism when we're not craving these things. And when we're kind of almost like opposite of craving, we're like, Ooh, no, right. It's actually typically a defensive mechanism. Right. And I think that happens too, in the people who, when they're very stressed, want to abstain from eating, right? Or can't eat. It's often because if you actually ask them about it, it's usually because they have some kind of digestive reaction when in the past they would eat when they were that stressed. Mm -hmm. Like, right. Like very upset stomach. They'll feel nauseous. They'll have instant diarrhea. It's all those stress juices in the belly. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so because of that experience, oftentimes those are the people then who are like, no, no, I'm not going to eat. That's worse. Right. 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 And then, you know, okay, we can get into the problem. Then it becomes celebrated because it's like, well, I lost weight. And then it's a thing. So um, again, we won't need to go into the intricacies of that, but like back. Well, this brings brings up a great point actually, which is 
you know how we reward and acknowledge people when they lose weight? Yeah. Especially a, a drastic weight loss, right? A quick weight loss. We're like, Whoa. amazing. How did you do it? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Oftentimes those are people who have either done something really unhealthy or have been in a very stressed or sad place in their life. Mm-hmm. And then you're rewarding them for that. Right. Right. It's really sad. I know, but we don't know any better. It's like the Barbie movie. <laughs> I have not seen it yet, but I really want to see it. Yes. All right. I'm not going to talk about it other than to say that it's like we've been brainwashed yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's all of a sudden we're waking up to it. It's like we've been living in Barbie world thinking it's so great. And then we leave it and we're like, hold on a minute here. It's not what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Like all this information I've been giving, all that I've been told is not what it it really is and and we awaken to that and we realize it's not a fault of mine or a deficit of mine that I am craving something it is not that I'm a bad person or that I don't have any self-control because now all of a sudden craving food and giving into that craving which is a biological need that's happening or physiological need that's happening right from the processes mm. in the body, like giving into that. And all of a sudden we think there's something wrong with us for giving. Like now it becomes, well, now there's something wrong with me because I don't have any self-control Yeah, and you know, and that goes into our self-worth and then it becomes this vicious cycle again. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, so, okay. I had a question that the thing that really kind of like piqued me and makes me want to ask more is the thing about craving cold stuff. I know people who are like all the ice to the top of the thing and constantly need a very cold beverage or the people that chew on ice or um, yeah, just want cold, cold foods. Yeah. Which by the way, cold stuff is usually not the way to go most of the time, unless you're truly wanting to cool your body off. So right now when we're recording this, it's the middle of summer, right? It gets over a hundred degrees where I live, right? If I'm doing something outside, I do want to cool off right at a certain point. So I do put ice in my water bottle. It's the only time I do it that. And when I'm in a sauna, that's it because I I do want to cool off. right? Right. And you can actually feel it's a good experiment to do for folks. Like when you're, when it's hot, wherever you live, see what it feels like, you know, have a, have a glass of, you know, room temperature water, have a glass of iced water, see what it feels like to drink each of those. You'll probably find that the ice water feels like so good because it cools you off. Right. So when we're drinking a lot of icy cold things, you're cooling off your body. And frankly, most of us actually don't want to be doing that because cooling off your body, we're talking about slowing digestion. We're talking about slowing your metabolism, right? Like these are not things that we want to be doing in most cases, unless, right, you have a body potentially where you know, you're releasing a lot of stress hormones and your digestive system is moving very quickly, then maybe it is a strategy that your body is asking for and needing, right? But the chewing of ice is really unique. And that's the one that's linked in particular to typically iron deficiencies. Um, And by the way, many of these things, like, is it the most scientific thing? No. Is it something that we just tend to see travel together? Yes. And in some cases we really can think of like, what is the physiological reason, right? Right. Um, 
So, yeah. And I mean, if you were, let's say you're doing an intake or someone is writing down a list of behaviors or things that they crave and that they do, it's just another clue. So like yes. you said, like maybe not 100% scientifically proven, studied, matched, but um, but as an overall whole picture, you're looking at someone who feels like this, who's craving that, who chews on ice. It's just another piece of the puzzle of like, okay, this makes me want to look in this direction for you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why too, y'all, and I say this with a lot of love and respect and somebody who started out navigating all of this myself before I was trained and educated and had experience in what I do. We're not good at being objective about ourselves, right? We're not good at like stepping back and looking at the inventory of our symptoms and then actually understanding and figuring out what all those symptoms mean. That's where having like somebody to guide you or a system to guide you is really important because, you know, a great example is there's an inventory that I have in my course, you know, my self-paced hormone and gut healing course. There's an inventory I have people do to figure out what type of hormone imbalance might be a big factor in what's going on in their body. And you can get one of seven different answers, right? And there is some overlap in symptoms in some of the different categories. For example, there actually is an overlap of some of the symptoms in the low progesterone inventory and the low thyroid inventory. That is not an accident. That is because, first of all, those two hormones interact, right? And they impact each other. And it's also because, yeah, that symptom could mean low thyroid or that symptom could mean low progesterone or that symptom could mean both. And so that's where having like a trained or systematic way to go through it or a trained eye to consult with is actually really important because these symptoms never happen in isolation, right? Just like your cravings, your cravings are never happening in isolation, friends. So we have to be thinking bigger picture, right? Another example of cravings that I want to touch on is cravings related to where you are in your cycle, right? Mm-hmm. So when you were cycling, Jen, did you ever have like, oh my God, I need chocolate's a really common one, but I need chocolate or I need sugar. Or I need something like that at a particular time in your cycle. Well, yeah. I mean, it was all the cravings at once. I wanted like salt and sweet together. Like I, you know, and I, and it felt, I remember feeling like there was less self-control then, which is a funny statement to put into it. Again, it goes back to that thing where we have based it cravings on like our own, our own mental ability to stop them or to give into them, which is different because it's our body's need. But that during that part of my cycle, which would come right before I would bleed and kind of into it. And I kind of looked at it as like comfort. It was like seeking comfort because this was going to be hard. It was going to be some pain. There was going to be bleeding and I was tired and I wanted like comfort food type of things. Like, yeah, absolutely. And that also is when your hormones related to your cycle are the lowest they're ever going to be in the cycle. So you have low estrogen and you have low progesterone. So your body does not have those hormones to do the great things that they do. And so you're depleted. Yeah. So you're right on the money with that. Right. So this is where we can even look at cravings. If you're in your cycling years and see when is that happening? Right. Is there something the body's trying to say? And you probably just with everything I know about your health, you probably were truly profoundly low in those hormones. Right. And so that was your body signaling, like something's not right here. Right. We need help. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which is just interesting to look at it that way, because I, I feel like there's this real culture of like, when you're in your cycling years, this real culture of soothing with food, right? Like, oh, it's your period. So eat the ice cream. It's your period. So right. Like eat that food. Of course, you're going to eat these things when, you know, you're bleeding. That's obvious, right? You're just going to eat everything. No, it's not obvious. Like really one of the very, very best things all of us can do related to truly, I don't even want to say keep cravings at bay necessarily, but it's like better better contextualized cravings have fewer cravings that feel like unmanageable, right? Or like you have to do that thing is truly to be eating in a way that supports balanced blood sugar. That is honestly the key. And it's why I know blood sugar and insulin resistance have become these buzzwords recently with, with these semi-glutide medications and with, you know, how berberine has been in the spotlight and, and all of this. But the true thing, the truth is that Anytime I'm working with a woman on her hormones, any hormone, I am using a blood sugar balancing dietary approach. It's literally the foundation of what I teach in my course. It's literally the foundation of the base diet that I start most of my clients on because if hormones are dysregulated, it is impacting your blood sugar. It is impacting your cravings. And so one of the very best things you can do is learn how to eat in a way that's going to support stability in your blood sugar, stability in your cravings, right? And then what happens is the symptoms that are just related to those kinds of factors, they fade away. And the symptoms that are remaining become even better clues to what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, um, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I can speak from my own experience of like, I'm, I'm going into two years now of eating with the way that you guide people to eat in, in balancing blood sugar and cravings are significantly like it didn't even happen consciously. I just was like, Oh, I don't even care about chips. I used to want chips every afternoon, like clockwork. And now it's like, I don't have that desire. I'm not saying I don't like a chip. I do, but there's not this insatiable craving for it. It's that that's gone. The same, I've noticed the same with like sweet cravings. Like I have a sweet tooth and I don't even know exactly what that means, but other than I enjoy dessert and I enjoy things to be sweetened, my, my body likes a sweeter sort of meal more often than not. So, um, I still have that, but it's not insatiable. Like it used to be where I would, I could take down a whole pack of cookies you know, when that craving was there, it's like, I could not stop it. And now it's different. It's like, I want the chocolate or the little thing, but I just want a little thing. And I could never understand before when people are like, I just have one little square. And I'm like, not me. It's like the whole pan of brownies. You know, this is the whole thing about like, you can stop when you are ready to stop. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that is actually what I think is hugely important here. And I have the same experience. So first of all, I'm team desserts, will forever be team desserts. Mm -hmm. I actually like a little dessert after lunch, right? So, (laughs) right. So it's, it's really the difference between I can have a few bites of something and I want to eat all of something. Right. Right. Because I I Right, go ahead. <laughs> I just genuinely enjoy, like you're saying, I enjoy these foods. I enjoy a little chocolate. I enjoy a little ice cream. I enjoy a little yo honey on it, right? Like I enjoy these things, right? And so why would I deprive myself 
of the of a little bit of those things. It makes no sense. It tastes good. It feels good, but there is just a difference to the the pattern around it, I guess. Or yeah. again, that insatiable craving, which is like our topic here. So, like you know, and it, it didn't come from me having to overcome my mental state. It didn't come from me saying, "Okay, that's it. No dessert for six weeks." None of that. It just gradually, because I am now providing you know, predictable, substantial, nutrient dense food that those cravings just started to slowly diminish. Mm -hmm. So I can have the square of chocolate and I'm like, oh, I actually only want the square. It's not because I'm like, I only eat a square. It's not that at all. It's like, I only actually want this. I don't feel like I want more. And I just, and, and, and that was really empowering. Yeah. And it, and it took, I didn't realize it until I realized it, you know, when you look back and I'm like, wait a minute, I want, I haven't even had chips. Like I don't want them with things. So it was just an interesting observation. That's like, these are the, these are the funny little, like not funny, but these are the gains or the progress that you have that are not celebrated. Mm -hmm. It's only celebrated if we now change size down, of course, it's always down because right. the one is the rewarding one. That's what we've been trained to believe. So like, if that's not happening, what are the other things that you notice in your body are happening, which are a sign of like improved well-being? And for me, that's a huge one. It's a yeah. huge one. So I'd be like, what is it? Why a whole entire package of Oreos? Like, what is that? I can't stop. You yeah. know, the yeah. feeling when it happens. Well, and also, you know, in that case too, it's like some bodies genuinely need more body fat or they're maybe asking to, for you to feed the muscle more, right. Which is going to be eating more protein. Right. So it's, it can genuinely be that your body needs to add more weight, right. The scale needs to go up. It also, in some cases can genuinely be the scale comes down. Right. But one thing that a lot of people get caught up in and just don't want to acknowledge is that oftentimes in the process of healing blood sugar, healing cravings, rebalancing your body so you can really feel good, you are either going to maintain, right? Or the scale might increase a little bit for a moment. That is pretty normal, right? So these are all part of the journey of healing and why healing is meant to take time. And anytime it's not taking time and you're doing it fast. You're creating more instability. And I, what I see is a lot of people end up with more cravings on the other side of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about any time you've ever done a whatever, 30 a days cleanse. or a juice yes. cleanse or any of that. And then as soon as you're done with it, you try to maintain for a little while. I mean, I think the best, I, I think the best example is like it, like you said, if you've been sick and you know, when you're really sick, you just can't eat. Like your body doesn't want to, it's busy, mm -hmm. right? And it doesn't want to deal with digestion or anything. So it's minimal little things. And then you come out of that illness and you're back and you're building your health back up and your hunger is insatiable. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, trying to de de deny that would be, right? It seems silly when you think of it in those terms, but it's the same thing. Your body sees it as a threat when for 30 days you stop eating certain things or you only have juice for the first half of the day or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden 
you stop doing that and you invite something else. It's like, okay, here we go. I got to build back up again. I got to get back to what felt good and safe and okay. Yeah, absolutely. And add those and cravings back in. Yeah, totally. And while cravings can help you figure out what to eat, they also can help you figure out what to supplement. Mm. So I think that also is a good point and why supplements can be so down to the individual, right? Yeah. So a lot of times, personally, if I'm craving the salty, I pull in a really good electrolyte powder mm-hmm. that's high in salt, right? So that's my the first thing I think of, right? Mm-hmm. So there are ways to also use this to help guide you on what you might need supplementally as well. So that whole being on the other side of illness, it's like, well, what does your body need? Your body just needs a flood of nutrients. How can you give that it? Right. 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 So, all right. Before we wrap up, do you have some like tips? Suppose someone is chronically um, craving salt. Like what can they do for a little change starting when they listen to this to start to let that feed what the body's asking for and diminish some of that insatiable craving that they have? Salt your food every single meal with a real salt. salt. Yes. Add salt. Here's the thing. People are always like, how much salt? And isn't salt bad? No. The salt that is bad, the salt that we're looking at when we look at studies that say, ooh, blood pressure, heart disease, all these scary things, they're highly processed foods and crappy salt that we're talking about people having. We are not talking about Himalayan salt, sea salt, cave salt. We're not talking about a real salt that has not been highly processed, first of all. Second of all, salt, your body needs sodium for so many things that it can be something that so many different parts of your body really can benefit from. And the cool thing about it is most of us, if we salt to taste, we'll get what we need because what I need and what the point at which my food tastes like salty, is going to be different. The point at which your food tastes salty because it's what your body needs. Your body genius like that. Yes. So start salting your food to taste that Simple as that. Every meal, salt to taste. And you're rec- you recommend sea salt, pink Himalayan salt, and yeah. then the Redmond's salt. Yeah, which is a cave salt. And I would say, you know, there's always some conversation with sea salt about plastics from the ocean. Um, and honestly, I'm beginning to think it's something we just really can't get fully away from. Um, and I know sea salt is oftentimes the least expensive of those three and in the most grocery stores, you know, so I keep it on the list, but I will say good idea to rotate, um, you know, to try to reduce some of that and, or be doing some things that support your liver. So you're making sure, um, that you're taking care of your body with exposures like that. Yeah. Okay. But I will say the, the cave salt's my favorite. Is it? So that is my favorite. Yeah. I'm into the pink Himalayan salt myself, but yeah, sure. That's the one I use the most of, but yeah. Um, okay. So that's an easy thing to do. Just salt your food more, season it a little bit more. Yeah. And um, what about uh, sweet cravings? Yeah. So sweet cravings. I, these people, I want you to get 30 grams of protein at breakfast and I want breakfast to be within an hour, within an hour of waking. Okay. I know those and that also, things made a big difference for me. Yep. And it also means coffee after breakfast. Right? I was also, say, that's the other thing that I changed that drastically changed how I felt. 
Also, matcha has caffeine too. So matcha after breakfast, right? Anything with caffeine after breakfast. But if you do those three things, if, if you're not doing those three things and you do them, you will most likely see cravings go down. And I mean, not because you just did it today. Like no. this type of stuff. It's like, if you want to build muscles, you don't, you don't just lift weights one day and then you have the muscles. It's, it's consistency over time. So give yourself time with just drink your coffee after, after you eat, eat within an hour of waking, give yourself time with that to see the change in the benefit. Yeah. And I would say like, give yourself six weeks. Okay. If you're somebody who's way far off than that, if you're somebody who's doing fasting, you're never hungry when you wake up, it takes hours for you to get hungry. You're eating mostly plant-based. You're not including a lot of animal protein baby steps, right? So maybe the first couple of weeks before you even start a six week experiment, right? You're just working on getting a little snack in within an hour of waking, right? Just any little thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. starting to prime your appetite, you know, I, for those situations, I like like a small smoothie, use a good protein powder for the love of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like a grass fed beef isolate or bone broth protein. Um, there's one from paleo Valley. That's really good. I really like equip prime protein. Some of the flavors, some of them have junk in them. I don't like, but I like the chocolate and the unflavored of those. Um, and if folks want uh, coupon codes, I have those too. So I can share those, which by the way, I have those coupon codes because they are genuinely products I use and like, not because I'm trying to make money off of you. Right. Like it, it helps us all. Right. Yeah. So I know so, I've used both of those. Um, I like the equip vanilla. Yeah. And the thing that I like about it, right. If you're a sweet person, it adds a sweetness to whatever you put it in. Yeah. You know, like I mix it in Greek yogurt and now the Greek yogurt is sweet, (laughs) but it's got even more protein in it. So that's a nice way for me personally, for those of you who are into sweet. And um, so, or if you make a smoothie with it, it adds some sweetness into it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think their vanilla uses vanilla bean powder too. So it's like a really yummy, rich vanilla flavor too. Yeah. So like a small smoothie, you could do like a Greek yogurt mixed in a scoop of protein powder. You could do like two hard boiled eggs and a little bit of fruit. You could do, um, you know, a couple slices of a clean, like organic sliced turkey. Um, so you could do all kinds of things to start priming your appetite earlier in the day, right? Um, if you're somebody who's been eating breakfast a lot later, if you're somebody who does eat breakfast and just like, it's inconsistent the time you do it, then I would say really make that effort to eat within an hour of waking. Um, and I would say work on building to that 30 grams of protein. It really is magical. I'm like, that is the threshold, right? You can do more than that, right? You could do up to 50 grams if you really wanted to, but minimum 30 grams. I'm telling you, if you commit to a balanced breakfast with 30 grams of protein within an hour of waking and you have your caffeine, if you have it after breakfast and you do that for six weeks, you will notice change period. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yes. And I, it, anyone that wants to know like what change what specific, it's going to be specific to your body, but I'll share mine really quick. You know, I was having a lot of night sweats, um, and, and like hot flash slash sweaty moments during the day. And they drastically diminished. I was not being woken up by them when, when I started doing this, 
those, those three things within an hour, getting the protein and coffee after or caffeine after those three things had the biggest like bang for their buck within a relatively short amount of time in my body. So I'm just offering that out to anyone that is having those experiences. And by the way, that was happening for you based on the stress on your adrenal glands. And so doing that, balancing your blood sugar, reducing some of the stress on your adrenal glands, getting your body more of the nutrients that needed helped with that. Mm -hmm. So some people may experience those types of changes as well. Yeah. And everyone, everyone's different. If it's, if that doesn't happen for you, it doesn't mean it's not working. It's just working for you differently. We're all very different, but just wanted to share that as like, yeah, there, it, it does have an impact. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to learn more about why we have cravings and about how to balance your blood sugar and some of the keys of how to do that, I have a free webinar that is out um, and the link is below in the show description for you all. So you can definitely check that out um, and learn a little bit more about this, especially if it's newer to you or thinking about cravings in this way is newer to you. You'll learn more about that and especially the blood sugar balancing piece because that is really important as well. It is. It's really helpful to have a guide, like a specific guide that you can refer to, because if you're not used to it, whenever you're implementing something new, it takes a while for it to become more natural to you. So it just helps to have guidance and know where, okay, when I have this question, this is where I turn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. Jen, what are you a yes to? What am I a yes to? I am a yes to salting everything. It's my favorite. Salt it all. Yeah. 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 Um, I am a yes to reprogramming a little bit of our our self-talk around cravings. Right. And being a little bit more curious about what it means we truly need versus judging ourselves for it. I love that. I love that. And less judgment of self. Like we are good people. It's okay. If you crave a food, you're not yes. for that or wrong for that. And no. it, I, the thing that I love is when you find out that it's your body communicating to you, it now shifts the focus. Oh, my body was telling me something. It's not a, a, deficit of mine. It's not a problem that I have. It's my body doing what it's supposed to do, which is telling me something. So that kind of shifts it from negative to positive. And I think that helps a lot. Totally. Yeah. Where can folks find you if they want to learn more about you? Yeah. I'm on Instagram at Jen moves you the letter U and uh, the elementsexperience.com is where you can find one-on-one sessions, Reiki sessions and uh, movement practices that I offer. Beautiful. And I am at Marissa Faye wellness on TikTok, on Instagram. Um, you can check me out at marissafay.com or my self-paced course at balancedhormoneblueprint.com. All right, everyone. You are so cool for being here. Did you know that? All right. Peace out. Mm-hmm.